In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In today's Gospel, our blessed Lord speaks in parables to the multitude. The reason for our Lord's use, his abundant use of parables, is because these lessons taken often from nature contain an abundance of imagery and truth, which is an aid for us to understand spiritual realities which in themselves are not visible to our eyes. Being material creatures as well as spiritual, man has a tendency to focus primarily on what he sees and what he senses and not that which does not appear, that which is invisible. Were Christ to describe to us the the purely spiritual realities of the next life, we would probably be lost very quickly. And therefore, these images are used not only for the Jews of old, but also for our instruction and benefit. We have all heard these parables many, many times, and familiarity breeds contempt, as the saying goes. We can take them for granted and kind of pass over them without giving them their due consideration. But we would draw much spiritual fruit by considering with a little greater attentiveness what our Lord is trying to impart to us today, as he imparted to the Jews 2,000 years ago. The first parable speaks of the mustard seed, which is a very tiny seed, but which grows into a great tree and relates it to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven concerns Christ's kingdom in the next life above all, when he will reign over all, when all injustice will be abolished, and Christ will reign over his saints forever in perfect bliss. But it also concerns the foundation of his church, which is sort of the premise of his kingdom on earth. The Holy Catholic Church was founded in a very humble beginning with 12 simple men from Galilee, more or less simple men, and it turned into the greatest religious organization in the history of mankind. To this day, the Holy Catholic Church is considered to be the greatest soft power in the world, while the United States is the greatest hard power or uh, military power in the world. The beautiful harmony that has characterized the Holy Catholic Church throughout her history gives a proof bears witness to the divine origin of this church, the harmony of doctrine, the harmony of governance, the harmony of liturgy and sacraments, the holiness of her saints, all bear witness to the veracity of her claim to be the one and only religion by which men can be saved. It is in itself a miracle that this church has survived so many variations, persecutions, tempests, storms, and perhaps above all the incompetency of the men who are set over her in this world to represent Christ. This itself indicates that the church enjoys divine protection. The Holy Ghost who watches over and guides her throughout the course of her existence until Christ's return in glory. 
The mustard seed also concerns our own spiritual lives. The kingdom of God is within you, says our divine master. This is perhaps the most practical lesson that we can draw from this parable. The state of grace which we receive at baptism and which we hopefully preserve jealously and guard faithfully in ourselves, this state of participation in God's own life, which comes to us by sanctifying grace and which is lost only by mortal sin, is like the precious mustard seed which is implanted in us at baptism. In order to grow into what it is called to be by God, what it is willed to be by God, it requires our cooperation. The spiritual life does not suffer stagnation. He who does not advance goes backward in the spiritual life. And so if we are to grow in God's friendship, we must cooperate with him. He speaks of himself, his father, as the vine dresser and himself as the vine and we as the branches before the last supper or before his uh, agony in the garden Christ used that imagery as another sort of a a parable if you will for the spiritual life he said every branch in me that bears not fruit my father taketh away and every branch that bears fruit he pruneth so that it will bear greater fruit So we are called in our spiritual lives to take care of the gift that has been given to us. This is the most important thing in our existence, is our state of friendship with Jesus Christ and with his Heavenly Father. It is not impossible for you or for me to lose the state of grace. All that is required for us to lose the state of grace is to be in it and to fall. St. Paul says, let him that thinketh himself to stand take care lest he fall. Therefore, it requires daily care, daily upkeep, the same way a plant requires water and sun and fertilizer and cultivation and pruning. So too, our soul requires daily humility to receive from God that which he wishes to impart to us by faith, It requires the light of God's grace, which is given through prayer. Prayer is the breath of the soul. He who wishes to live in the spiritual life has to pray, just as he who wishes to live in the physical life has to breathe. Then watering our little plant of the spiritual life is done through the sacraments, especially that of the most holy Eucharist in which our souls are watered with Christ's own blood. His body and blood nourish us and feed us so that we may grow and become robust and not weak in the spiritual life. But this requires us to receive this great sacrament with the proper dispositions. Holy Mother Church exhorts us to prepare ourselves seriously for each Holy Communion we make. It should not be simply a matter of course, to come up to the communion rail each Sunday, but rather a devout and earnest preparation should be made beforehand and a suitable thanksgiving made after Holy Communion. This isn't always possible immediately after Mass, but it should be done sometime during the day. If possible, immediately after Mass, that's better because the Lord is within us. But if not, we should remember to thank God for his gift of himself 
at some point, maybe on the way home in the car, or at some point when we say our daily rosary to offer that in a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. Nextly, in our spiritual life, we must remember to make good and frequent confessions. Without the sacrament of penance, we would be in a very sorry state. If baptism was our only hope for forgiveness of sins, there would be nearly no one who would be saved. But we have this great sacrament of reconciliation, of penance, of confession, available to us each and every time we fall into sin. It is there for a purpose, and therefore it shouldn't be approached, again, simply through routine. Routine is helpful in order to establish a certain rhythm to go at least once a month, as the Church exhorts. But we should never hesitate to go more frequently when we feel we are greatly tempted, or especially if we have the misfortune of falling from God's grace through mortal sin. Then, in order to promote and foster our spiritual life, we should do spiritual reading. The lives of the saints inspire us with concrete examples of how we should gain eternal life. Sacred scripture is replete with many examples of God's devout friends in both the Old and New Testaments who give us examples of courage and heroism in the face of adversity for our spiritual advancement. We should make use of these things if we are to advance in the spiritual life. In short, we should give as much time and energy to our spiritual progress as we do to our physical progress and health. All of you, or most of you, have a profession, a job. You have investments and real estate and various portfolios and on and on, etc. Not being a man of the world, so to speak, I can't relate as much because priests don't have to deal with as many temporal considerations of that kind. But it is necessary for you to devote yourself with as much or more energy to your spiritual destiny as your retirement, for example. If you only think of God once a week at Sunday Mass, your eternity is not guaranteed. If you think of God each and every day, if you pray to him earnestly, if you make the effort to go to daily Mass on occasion, at least when you're able to say the daily rosary, to cultivate a true friendship with Jesus Christ, then you can be sure that you will not be lost not with the certitude that excludes all holy fear, but rather with the certitude that comes from a true friendship with God who is faithful to his promises. This is where the virtue of hope comes in. We hope in God because he is good and he keeps his end of the bargain. So as long as we maintain our side of it, we can be sure that God will not let us down. So let us renew today our desire and our intention to cultivate the spiritual life by a renewed zeal and effort at making progress each day in God's service so that we may one day come to a blessed eternity in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.